Hey listeners, we are taking a short break for the summer while our team enjoys some R&R and we record new episodes for you. In the meantime, we're bringing back some of our best episodes. Thanks so much for tuning in, and don't forget to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode goes live. If there's an interview you've enjoyed or a topic you want to hear more about, leave us a review or get in touch at spiritelectronics.com. Welcome to Spirit Behind the Screen. Each episode, your host, Marty McCurdy, deep dives on industry trends around high-reliability electronics and the supply chain in aerospace and defense. This is Episode 2 with Zef Malik, an expert in qualification testing, talking with Marty about the DDR4. Hi, Zeph. Thanks for uh, coming to talk about the DDR4 that we are uh, putting into our program for the military off-the-shelf product line. And we really want to talk about the evolution of uh, memory as it is testability-wise and how the progress between DDR1, 2, 3, and now that we're into 4, you know, what are the barriers to entry on you know, a lot of people bringing this to market as a, a screened and qualified part. You know, where do we stand on testing and speed and, and things like that in today's uh, marketplace? The progression of technology mandates that you have to make everything quicker and faster. When you're sitting at home behind your computer, you're measuring the bandwidth of your, of your, of your cable modem or your provider. And you are always wanting more. So you could do video conferencing, you can do imaging, you can do uploads, you can do downloads. And the same thing applies to any military applications where there, the need for processing, processing data, imaging, resolution, satellite, imagery, data processing, uh, artificial intelligence, all that has to happen on a very rapid pace. The military has got to focus and stay focused on an object in the, in, the, in, the, in the field, in the trenches, and not lose seconds or minutes in, in data going to the, uh, to the command center before your weapons are launched. So what ends up happening is that you need faster imaging, faster processing, faster uh, uh, communications, faster infrastructure, faster communication down to the field, faster communication there. So obviously everything, in the marketplace in keeping light to what the commercial marketplace does is memory is the backbone of, of, of a system and, and, and speeds and communication of the memory to the semiconductor chips has to happen at, at, at a faster rate. The faster the rate, the faster the communication. The faster the ability of, of chips of memory to talk to a, to, a, to a chip, the faster the overall system will work. But the caution is that everything in this world will have a concept of a weakest chain link. If something is lagging, if something is slow, if, some, if a bad cable or a bad memory or a bad chip is there, the entire system will suffer. So everybody wants performance. Everybody wants 
quicker adaptation. Everybody wants to be able to use cutting edge technology. Everybody wants to be able to, to get a chip that is more efficient in power utilization and all that. So even though the military wants tried and tested and matured technologies, but the commercial marketplace has continuously been making a quantum leap in memory because the chips are, are now expecting faster interface mechanism that can operate faster. So with the advent of CERTES and, uh, and with the advent of fast communication chips, the memory has got to keep up. So the commercial marketplace is already working on DDR5, but it appears that the military transition from a DDR2 to a DDR3 is going to come mainstream to a DDR4. And if the military is going to upgrade the, 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 the wafer and the process feature site from 90 nanometers of processing technologies and come to 45 and 28 and 14 and seven and five, which is what the commercial is using, that migration will take place where chips will operate faster, but along with that, you certainly need a memory bus that will operate at the same speeds. Now the game is all about speeds, performance, latency, how quick can you, uh, will it work, at what temperature. So everything has, is expected to operate at its peak, at full frequency, at full performance, at the right temperature, because if any of those things are not matching, then the entire system scales back and the entire system suffers. So as DDR4, which is a mainstream mature technology for the commercial, gets ready for prime time, we believe, given the fact that we are accredited to work with the leading edge manufacturer, domestic leading manufacturer of the DDR4, that has already got faster DDR5s on their, on the, on their roadmap, They've got all the low power and the, uh, the other performance memories available. We believe that we are prime time to bring an extension of where the manufacturer leaves off. Not, uh, not validating or anything, incremental value add to where we believe that given the engineering practices we bring to the equation, we are going to be able to leave where the manufacturer leaves off and give to the military marketplace the incremental 5 or 10 or 15 or 20% added insurance, enhancement, validation and verification that the, man, that the contractor is, is, is needing so we can accelerate the time of acceptance, validation and minimize the customer's development and, and qualification cost and accelerate the pace in the best interest of the customers to where programs can have more streamlined practices of going to market. That is what we bring to the equation. Excellent. I think there's two things that come to my mind out of that uh, comment is that one is that you talk about, you know, pairing up uh, speed or performance of a part. In other words, they all pass and they all pass the data sheets, but really what we're doing is we're dialing in and you take, you know, five relay runners, right? The, the, the weakest one loses the race because it's slower. And really what we're talking about is that when we have a lot of people out there stacking uh, memory right now and selling them. So what we're, what you're saying is really the ability to pair or to bend these things out into speed 
makes the overall, let's say the SSDs that are coming on the marketplace, uh, a much higher performance product just from a simple binning of the, of the part at a speed, at the highest speed possible. It's, it's, it's all about being able to get the right performance and peak performance. The manufacturers already, the OEM manufacturers have multi-dial multi solutions. But they are smart enough to know that one slow chip in that stack will have a yield loss. So they know exactly how to control, add wafer test, and bend and pair and get the right optimization and predictability in manufacturing volumes. That is their fame and claim to success. Where we come in is, we can extend that to where people that are using thousands of memory modules, thousands of memory chips, thousands of extra things, where they are gonna expand the envelopes where the manufacturer left off in terms of temperature, in terms of voltage, in terms of cold, in terms of high, or in terms of certain latencies, we can add that value to where we believe that through secondary enhancing the value that we do not, uh, you know, the value add that we can bring in, add speed, add full performance, add customer specific testing, add system specific testing, we believe we can streamline and give the system a sure success of, of getting the right chips okay, that perform as expected. Great. I think one of the areas that the commercial side has pushed us into uh, that, that you've kind of taken and run with as well is when we talk about test that we truly have gotten into the system level testing to a point where you have handlers that do multi-site testing at at module levels and board levels because the industry as we know it in the aerospace and defense market even though we're still looking at you know an entire bomb and screening every part and all these things the commercial world that you uh, dabble in has certainly taken the SLT to a different level that they're testing at that level as opposed to testing all the individual components and that really as as swap happens and parts, you know, everything gets smaller and smaller and the systems on the chip, that's really the future and hopefully we can help the aerospace and defense migrate into that. But basically you've taken a pretty big leap forward on the SLT side of test. That is the only future. The tester will never, will never be able to keep up with the zillions and zillions and zillions of combination that a chip will be able to do. Tester will represent, will do the worst case, will do some validation, will have enough footprint analysis, but at the end of the day, test has to be in tandem with the system level test. Even today we are seeing it on futuristic technologies, it is a two-pronged test. We test it on an ATE, but still certain amount of testing is being done in the application on that chip where that particular chip, the temperature is being, uh, is being manipulated rather than the entire system. So, so eventually, uh, this is going to converge into advanced ATE test, not average, advanced system level test, and then secondary validation using techniques at a subsystem or a full system level. This is where the marketplace is going to have to go, not by, by sheer necessity of complexity. Mm -hmm. When you will make a chip that can do 10 times or 100 times or 200 times the complexity what it used to two years ago, 
the, the, the number of combinations and probabilities and, and, and everything involved require a system level approach. So testers, the mindsets of the testers, the architectures of the testers, the speed of the testers, the number of power supplies in a tester, the placement accuracies, the timing accuracies, the, you know, the power supply rails, all that has to keep up. And then with the advent of understanding on how the device is going to be tested or used in the system. Those are critical convergence. And if you don't fit in that ecosystem, you will just become a secondary shop or a place that is trying to rubber stamp a, a test rather than add value to the test. Yes, I can, I can take any chip in the marketplace and I will say, yes, it is working and it is walking. But the question is, is it running at the 201 miles an hour that I expected right. at the right temperature, at the right performance? You're not going to be able to do that unless you have that stopwatch that can measure to one hundredth of a second. Right. And that's that one hundredth of a second that we're after performance wise. And really, at the end of the day, we always used to say it's all about insurance. So it's an insurance policy. How much insurance do you really want? And and you know what is the life of the mission what is the application specific use of the product and how much insurance do you need on that absolutely if you don't want nothing of a system to hold you back to lag you surprises that you can never troubleshoot and always find out why one system is running different than the other it has to be all measured and validated with the same yardstick it cannot be you've got to have the right tools very Excellent. critical Perfect. Thank you. Thanks for listening with Spirit this week. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast to let us know what you want to hear about in aerospace and defense. You can find out more about Spirit's value-added services and product lines at spiritelectronics.com.